So you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you want to make a podcast of your own. Well, Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast direct to Spotify. Everywhere else podcasts are heard as well. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And if you want to take the conversations of your fans to the next level, you can even do Q&As and polls direct through that same feed. Spotify for podcasters. Get it now. Another great night in the professional wrestling books. Tonight, Brian Danielson made a challenge to AEW world champion Kenny Omega. Plus, we got to hear from Adam Cole And on the NXT side, well, things are just not falling together very well for one faction while Pete Dunne and Ridge Holland turn on Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch. We're going to jump into all of that tonight in the debrief. Watch out, watch out, watch out, watch out. What's up, everyone? Welcome to Sports Keto Wrestling's The Debrief. I'm your host, Jose G. Next to me, the top Chico himself. Rico El Glorioso, we are the only show on Sports Kid Wrestling talking NXT, talking AEW. Guys, Rico, what's up, bro? How, how, what did you think of this show? How are you? What's going oh, on? Doing great, Jose. After an amazing, needle-moving, all-out pay-per-view this Sunday, we are here with the fallout of everything that happened on Sunday. And needless to say... AEW is a talk of the town right now. While well, we have an mm-hmm. upcoming update to one NXT next week, man, AEW is still holding strong with all the stuff happening. So I can't wait to talk about that with you. How have you been, Jose? I'm doing great, guy. Man, I'm just just been busy all over the place here at Sports Keto Wrestling. So much and news, t- man. So much. Ton of stuff, uh, you know, break in and just ton of stuff to cover. Uh, we will have Rick Cucino joining us live from Cincinnati. He was at AEW Dynamite tonight, guys. Make sure. You are subscribing to the Sports Keto Wrestling channel. We do have tons of exclusive content up right now in exclusive interviews, top five videos. You can only get them on our YouTube channel. Go ahead and hit the subscribe and notification bell. Also, if you're watching us on Facebook, hit that share button and like button. Share it in your favorite wrestling group. Tag your friends in the comments section uh, so that way they can join us in the conversation. But we are coming off of the, this is the fallout to all out, right? Uh, yes. And this is the first AEW Dynamite uh, after that monumental uh, pay- pay-per-view, uh, which saw CM Punk return to the ring. We saw Adam Cole made his debut. Brian Danielson made his debut. Ruby Soho. Tons of stuff happened Sunday night. And today we get to see a little bit of the fallout. Overall, let's bring in Rick Uccino so he can talk to us what his uh, point of view was from Cincinnati. Rick, what's up, bro? How are you? How did you enjoy the show? What was your take on everything uh, over there in Cincinnati? Uh, guys, uh, I hope you can hear me all right. Wi-Fi is a little bit spotty. Uh, they're getting ready to shoot Rampage here in like a few minutes. So I got a couple minutes to chat with you guys. Oh. But my Lord, I have never been a part of something like this in my entire life. This crowd was hot from the get-go. John Moxley is a god here. They're getting ready for Dynamite as we speak. Uh, Uh, Seeing CM Punk, seeing Adam Cole, baby. Seeing Daniel Bryan, 
put Kenny Omega in a LaBelle lock was absolutely insane. This was a hell of a show. I'm going to break down as much of it as I can tomorrow on the inside cradle. So make sure to check that out. But it sounds like we're getting ready for Rampage here. So I'm going to go watch, uh, you know, uh, Andrade and Pac just uh, tear the house down if you don't mind. All right, Lucky man. Enjoy. enjoy the show. Thanks for chiming in just for a few. Uh, enjoy the rest of your show, bro. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. And as always, bro, Sports Keto Wrestling, laying it down on the ground everywhere we're at in every city. Wherever you can, you're always going to find Sports Keto Wrestling uh, in a major city. Looks like Rico got frozen. Oh, no. I, for a moment, you look like you were oh, no. frozen. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm interacting with the chat right now. That's what happened. That's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha, man. So uh, overall, man, what did you think of tonight's uh, Dynamite uh, at right after All Out? Did it pay off? We were talking uh, behind the scenes. You and I, we were just kind of nitpicking the show oh. and a lot of stuff from a production standpoint. But overall, like, what, what was your take? Was it a strong show after the pay-per-view? Did it live up to, you know, like a, a, a Raw after Mania? Did it have that feeling for you? It it seemed like it had the hype heading into it. Actually watching the show, it seemed like it's just a regular, decent dynamite with, you know, of course, now having this segment with Adam Cole, baby along with the rest of the elite, you know, getting to hear some CM Punk and finding out who his next feud is going to be against seeing Ruby Soho in action, even though we did have a bit of a botchy scare there. Uh, but uh, I think they said it here in the chat. Um, uh, who was it? I brought it up. Uh, yeah. Daniel Soto. Like it felt like that main event. It's uh, the hype was there for Minoru Suzuki and John Moxley. It's it to me. It felt like it didn't deliver. Yes. All the hype was there. The support for John Moxley, they were going to go crazy regardless. But I feel like they could have gone further. I feel like they didn't have enough time to tell the story that they wanted to. And it's, it felt like a rushed match a little bit just to make it for TV. So I kind of yeah. wish it would have got longer with John Moxley and Minoru Suzuki. But it's still a good show. It was still a solid dynamite. It just didn't feel like a huge like night after WrestleMania Monday Night Raw kind of level. It just seemed like a really solid dynamite. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you. I feel... You know, not only for just from like a commentary standpoint, because Excalibur was in there tonight, which usually does your play-by-play -play commentary. Yeah. I felt like the commentary was really sloppy just throughout the entire two hours. The commentary was very sloppy. Um, when it came to the actual matches, like the matches weren't bad. Uh, I got a little bit of concern with the Ruby Soho match. That last match, we didn't get enough time. It was less than 10 minutes. I think I came in, in into the room to set up the stream at 9.52 and work on the thumbnail. And by the time I'm done with the thumbnail, the match is over. Match is over. So so, uh, so I think that the main event went away a little bit too quick. Uh, but, you know, Cincinnati got their guy. They got John Moxley. I thought the Adam Cole promo was really good. Uh, the interaction with Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson was also really good. Uh, and overall, it was, it was a good show. Did it feel like a huge show after a major pay-per-view, it didn't. I felt like uh, it was it was a solid dynamite, but it didn't feel like a huge dynamite. Like where something big happened, like we did, like we got on Sunday, but you didn't. We didn't get any major payoffs. Like for example, like we got right. we got a reminder that Brian Cage and Ricky Starks are still in a feud. You know, right? <laughs> like that's still going. Yeah, and. Let's go ahead and get into it, especially the nitpicking stuff that we talked about. So, uh, as you guys may have heard, Excalibur wasn't our commentary because he's off getting married. So, congratulations to Excalibur. But, man, what's he missed? It felt like we had three color commentators just trying to 
drag a show along instead of somebody actually calling the action in the ring. You know, Taz called a couple moves. Tony Schiavone seemed like he was going to. It seemed like he was going to take the reins and be the main play-by-play guy. And then he, like, stepped back because I guess he didn't want to overstep JR and Taz. So it, it just it felt like that was missing. Like, we didn't get as brought into some of these matches or some of these big moments because of Excalibur. Because mm-hmm. Excalibur does a great job of really giving a lot of history and a lot of background, a lot of context. And so a lot of definitely stuff that happens. Me, he's definitely grown on me in these last two years. I wasn't very particularly uh, much on the Excalibur train. But now that he wasn't there on commentary, it's weird not having him on commentary because nobody's calling the play-by-plays and nobody's calling the right moves. Like, how do you confuse a powerbomb with a spine buster? Spine buster. Like, and if you said it too, like, Taz didn't say anything, but I'm sure he did. Like, at that point, he was kind of like, mm, whatever. They're going to call it what they're going to call it. I'm just going to chime in and put my two cents. Uh, but, yeah, so these big payoffs that we're looking for. So CM Punk's next opponent. Looks like it's going to be a feud against Team Taz. So, like, all this hype okay. is Punk. So, let's talk about this Taz. segment because this was a weird segment. We get this promo. Punk is interacting with the crowd. He's asking them, who, who, should, I who should I face next? There's a cr- some cr- people uh, chanting mocks. There's some other people chanting. I couldn't make out what they were chanting. And then all of a sudden, Taz gets off a commentary. I've had enough of this. And he picks up the microphone. He's like, you, I'm tired of you. Call out my boys. boys, You better not call out my boys. Like, didn't say their names. You did on social media. It was so confusing. It it was very (laughs) confusing. And I think Punk was, like, confused about it, too. Like, he he had that reaction. He was like, like, I respect you, but don't you ever interrupt me again. again, But, man, I thought, like, that whole segment was messed up for Punk. Because Punk was handling it beautifully until Taz got involved. And then you got Powerhouse Hobbs and you got Hook come out. Ah, so frustrating. I I don't know if you had that same feeling. It felt like this is one of those times where having bullet-pointed promos would help. But it really legitimately felt like, all right, Punk, go out there and do your thing because you're CM Punk. But what we're going to have you ultimately do is, you know, pick a fight and essentially start a feud with Team Taz. So however you guys want to do it, Go ahead and do it. And it seems like somebody finally gave the note to Taz and the headset, like, hey, go ahead and jump in there now. Start this feud going now. And it just felt – it didn't feel as organic. It felt like they literally were just, like, just improvising on the spot. Yeah. Being Punk had commands. He was in character. Most of the show. Most of the show like, felt improvised. Okay. I mean, I'm not going to lie. With, with three color commentators and no play-by-play, the entire show kind of felt a little bit on the fly, you know? Uh, for for uh, for an after all out show, but, but we did get thing. some pretty damn good matches though. We got Malachi yeah. Black and Dustin Rhodes. That was a killer to open up that match. Uh, open up Dynamite. What did you think of that matchup? Oh, I mean, it's to be expected. You have a you know a in ring vet like Dustin Rhodes going up against Malachi Black. It, this is exactly what you expected. We knew Malachi Black was going to win. He's not going to take the loss to the man formerly known as Goldust anytime soon. Uh, but, you know, it was a nice little callback also to when he took out uh, his brother Cody Rhodes when he hit him with the black mask and the, brought back the boots yes. and threw it to Dustin Rhodes. So I like how they're still playing all these, like, long-term storytelling, like all these little things and bring them back into play. So I thought that was a nice little touch to it. But ultimately, excuse me, we knew what was going to happen. It was Malachi Blast not going to lose. So we'll yeah, see what I thought that was really smart. Too. I thought that yeah. was really smart to bring out that boot. Just a little reminder, I'm the one that put your brother down. Uh, really good storytelling uh, from my standpoint. Uh, really good match. I thought the ending was 
perfect the way they ended that. Uh, and also, I like that Dustin got in a lot of uh, offense on on Malachi because it shows that Malachi is a little bit vulnerable and he still can get hit and you know get knocked knocked down. Um, and shows that he's not superhuman, you know what, which is he's made out to be. Uh, but awesome performance for both of them. I thought that was uh, that that was good. But man, speaking of good performances, if you are talking about a guy that's made to get cheap heat or to get any kind of heat in its own. Oh, my God. MJF's promo, running down Cincinnati, running down the Reds, running down Brian Pillman's daughter, who happened to be in attendance because, of course, the Pillmans are from Cincinnati. And, of course, this led to Brian Pillman Jr. coming out to defend the city, not only the city, but his sister as well. But, yo, MJF towards the end, started getting a little, little too close for comfort, talking about Brian Pillman Jr.'s mother, uh, man, he even he called himself out, so it's very meta. He's like, Yeah, I'm all these guys looking for cheap heat, all you marks out there. And then he begins going into the cheap heat, talking about the city, the sports team, and you know, one of the superstars that's from Cincinnati, Brian Pillman Jr. We know we're gonna get this feud coming up, however, later on, we found out on Rampage it is gonna be Brian Pillman Jr. versus uh, Anthony Bowen or Max Castle, well, one of the guys from the acclaim. I forgot which one's gonna. <laughs> Actually, be in the ring with him, but he's gonna be. Tar- you know, they're gonna have that match before Brian Pillman Jr. gets a match with MJF. That was, a, feel terrible about backsta- that was a terrible backstage promo. Oh, I thought that was really that that really that was really bad. Uh, but I did want to call to attention here one Isom Walker that uh, made a comment. I am gonna eat my words on this awesome performance. Black mask <laughs> to the back of his shoulder. Yes, you're absolutely right, Isom. Yes, I completely forgot about that because the the meat and potatoes of the match are pretty good. That finish. The black bass to his shoulder, like and it the blood still coming enough. out of Dustin's mouth. And yeah, everything. and the blood. Yeah, that I'm gonna give it to you, Isom. I completely agree with you. The the finish. I'm gonna eat my words. Yes, the finish wasn't that great because of the way where the black mass ended up hitting Dustin, and that's about it. But yeah, so I was yeah, corrected. So I just wanted to bring that to my attention. I apologize. Sorry about that. <laughs> but we had another scare. Uh, one uh, another match that had a moment that didn't go to plan, we should say, uh, was the in-ring debut in AEW of one Ruby Soho, who was really over with the crowd. They were fully behind her, going up against Jamie Hayter. Oh man, that one spot. Who knows what's supposed to happen? But uh, yeah, they, I don't know what the hell was supposed to happen. But that was mad scary. It it looked really scary, but it turned out it looked like a meteora essentially to the ring, as opposed to like in the corner or anything like that. But that gave us both a little heart attack because that could have gone side. Like, was that a flatliner, Rico? That looked like a flatliner to me, Rico. Yes, Tony, because a flatliner always starts with the opponent on the on their knees on your shoulder and slamming your face to the mat. That is how a flatliner works, Tony. It... <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was not good, but it looks like even in, in person, uh, De- I guess uh, Deanna Thompson was there, so it looked even worse live. I can imagine, imagine being in those seats and just seeing a tower of Ruby Soho and Jamie Hader just crash the mat like that. But it looks like it worked out. You know, they were able to finish the match. Of course, Ruby Soho got the win unceremoniously because everybody was still kind of reeling from that spot. Uh, but of course. You know, it's about what happened after the match where uh, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and Rebel got into the ring, started attacking uh, Ruby Soho, who is the number one contender for Britt Baker's AEW Women's Championship 
after winning the Women's Casino Battle Royale on Sunday, being the Joker, like we all assumed she was going to be, and she wound up winning, eliminating Thunder Rosa out of all people at the end. So because she's the number one contender, gets attacked. Out comes Riho, trying to make the save, now that she's back. And then she gets taken out, and then Chris Statlander <laughs> comes back. So don't be surprised if we get what, Jose? A six-woman tag match between Listen, Rick Baker, Rebel, and Jamie Hayden. Why did Riho have to come out to the aid of Ruby? Like, they don't have any previous relationship, friendships, or anything like that. None of those women do. So why? I don't know. I don't know. That was entirely confusing to me. But I just found it really hilarious how... Riho just comes out. She tries to go for the save and immediately gets into this super nasty backbreaker and gets taken out. And I'm like, well, that's a waste of a save. Uh, but Chris Tatlander came out with the chair, tried to do some shots. Thank God she didn't, you know, the, the chair didn't oh, ricochet okay. and hit her back in her face because I was waiting for that to happen. Uh, <laughs> you don't swing the chair on the rope. You're not supposed no, to do that. that. That was just bad news waiting to happen. But I did like how in the backstage segment before the match, they gave some history between uh, between Ruby Soho and Dr. Britt Baker DMD because Ruby Soho admittedly said she helped Britt Baker break into the professional wrestling industry. And then, of course, Britt Baker comes back, well, you know, you need to get out of my ring. You need to go back to catering like we've been in the last four years. So it was a nice little history and like again pulling back from further before wwe you know when they were both on the independence so i like to see those little things especially with brian danielson adam cole baby and the you know the little rumor that's happened on with one kevin owens and you know possibly could we get a mount rushmore wrestling back in january who knows but i like how even with the arrival of these new guys they're adding that bit of history they're bringing back further than their time in wwe there's all this history between a lot of these guys in the indies and we're starting to see it unfold here on our TV. And Excalibur would have been a great person to bring it into context, mm-hmm. but he wasn't there. So we kind of have to like figure it out on our own. So hopefully he, you know, congratulations yeah, again, and, Excalibur, but come and back. That's please. one of the things about AEW that it's really, you know, tailored for that, you know, super fan that really follows the indie. That's a real true pro wrestling fan. So uh, they, they're just creating a lot of fan service and there's nothing wrong with creating fan service. There's really nothing wrong about that. Um, we did get a trios match here. We got Dark Order, Eva Luna, Stu Grace, and John Silver uh, with Colt Cabana going up against uh, Pinnacle, Sean Spears, and FTR with Tully Blanchard on there. Pinnacle gets to win on here, but looks like the Dark Order is in disarray right now, huh? Uh, they can't get along. They started, they took out, um, they took out John Silver. Course, Everybody yeah. just started just, just going All apart. Out. Ty Conti and Anna Jay came out to kind of stop, but they stopped in the in the ramp just to kind of look, and they're like, eh, I think I'm okay. No, they're not going to get in there. <laughs> I think I'm okay. I think we're going to stay back here. Uh, so what's going to happen with the Dark Order? Seems like they need a little bit of leadership, Jose. So imagine that if we had another debut. I guess it's a little too much after the three that we got on Sunday to ask for a fourth one coming up soon, coming up today. But hopefully soon, maybe – We'll get some more order in this dark order if they get a new person in charge that might have some history with their former leader in Brody Lee. Who knows? We can only speculate, but there is some disorder in the dark order at this time. Uh, and speaking of the pinnacle backstage interview, we had Tony Schiavone interviewing Tully Blanchard, who is asking for a match between Sean Spears and uh, Darby Allen. But did he just call out Sting? Did he say 
our thing, you and me, and our time will come. Is he gonna have a match? Are we gonna have an old timer match? Tully Blanchard versus Sting, Jose? Is that gonna happen? Sponsored by AARP, yes, probably. <laughs> probably this, you know, how WWE this, this match is brought to you by Progressive. This match is brought to you by AARP, probably. Oh, I don't know, man. Uh, I was a little confused with this backstage promo with uh Tully because first he started talking, he didn't make sense until the very end, like, like. Somebody should have taken away this microphone. I felt like he wasn't cohesive. So I don't, I don't, I don't know if it's all the chair shots or the bumps that he's taken, but um, it, it didn't come to make sense until the end of what he was saying, you know? Um, but, you know, it is what it is. But let's talk about what happened tonight with Adam Cole, the elite, and one Tony Schiavone. Oh, Adam man. Cole getting in his face he's because real. he's like, I don't care how close you are to my girlfriend, Britt Baker, but if you oh. get out of line, I will slap those glasses off of your face. Now get out of my ring. And Tony took the longest time to try to get out of that ring. It almost felt like he didn't know what was going on. It. <laughs> It, it felt like, again, it, there's nothing scripted here. It's literally like, you know, be your characters, but they didn't tell them, like, what point they're trying to get across. So, yeah, you know, you should move a little bit of a sense of urgency there, Tony. You're taking up all this time that's taken away TV time from John Moxley and Minoru Suzuki towards the end of the night. So you need to speed it up a little bit. So uh, we blame it on Tony. We blame it on Tony. I, I blame it on their lack of direction from anybody on commentary and scripting. See, Excalibur is the only guy keeping the stuff together there. They, he's the only one that keeps Who everything knew? cohesive. Who knew Who he knew? was the glue for this whole thing? Uh, but, of course, you know, we got some story time with Adam Cole, baby. And then, uh, of course, we got Kenny back on the mic and saying he hates being interrupted. And once again, we get the hip-hop remix of Flight of the Valkyries. And out comes Brian Danielson, baby Brock and all, coming out there getting in Kenny's face and basically calling him out. And then, of course, once Kenny's upset, takes off his nice yellow and black jacket, by the way, he goes for a swing at Daniel Bryan, who reverses him into a LaBelle lock. So our first LaBelle lock on AEW, but the Elite attack. And then, of course, out comes Jurassic Express and Frankie Gazarian, the Elite Hunter, to clear out the ring. So don't be surprised if we're going to see this match, too. Probably an eight-man tag match between the Elite and Brian Danielson, uh, Jurassic Express, and Frankie Gazarian. But that's going to be a fun one to watch, especially if they do it with the elite of Young Bucks, Adam Cole, and Kenny Omega. I think that's going to be an amazing eight-man tag match that I'm really looking forward to. Uh, we got an uh, interesting comment here by Ace Walker. He's saying, <laughs> Britt's going to be in the elite and cause friction, and oh. then Cole gets kicked out again. Book it. That'll be I, funny. I, Britt Baker is going to like the like – the, uh, like the, uh, the Yoko Ono to to the Beatles. <laughs> she just wanted to be the one that makes it. All I think fun. I think that would be a cool story to write. I think that would be. I think it kind of writes itself. But the question is, the over under, are we going to see Marty Skrull in AEW and rejoin the Elite? Do you think we'll ever see Marty Skrull? I don't know what I haven't heard from Marty Skrull in a long time. Exactly. I don't know what's going on with Marty. So just imagine they did like a reversal, and this time instead of Adam Cole being kicked out for Marty, what if uh, Adam Cole kicks out Kenny? What if somehow they decide to kick out Kenny uh, from the Elite, and basically Adam Cole just breaks it up from the inside because technically he was murdered by the Elite on. The so he turns on the Elite, but because he because they murdered him, 
Yeah. Oh, so God. he winds up destroying it from the inside, baby. I don't know. Who knows? I'm just I'm glad to see Adam Cole and we get to see his in ring in ring debut. Uh they said on Rampage or is it next week? I think it will be next week on next Dynamite. Week, probably. I yeah, think I'm looking forward to. Uh, yeah, probably because I would assume they want to leave like uh Pac versus Andrade. Like just give it the entire hour. Just let that match be the entire rampage. So hope yeah, so we'll probably see Adam Cole next week in ring. Which you know, imagine Adam Cole. There's going to be so many dream matches now that we can have with Adam Cole and say Jungle Boy. You know that can be a match that we get. We can get Adam Cole and Christian now, technically. Like we can get Adam Cole and Hangman Adam Page because where in the world is Hangman Adam Page? He's at home with his family. <laughs> but still, I would like to see him come back. And it's weird because without him, like I'm not missing Adam uh, Adam Page. Like. No, he's an amazing talent, but they have so much, you know, so much other talent on the top of the card now. He's gonna get lost in it. He's he's gonna get lost in it. It's gonna be a problem. That's a scary thing. Now that you brought back CM Punk, Brian Danison, Adam Cole, it's like he's gonna get. (sighs) Yep, he's gonna get lost in that shuffle. I'm starting to believe it's not him taking the belt off Kenny anymore. Uh oh, here we go. Is it time for a Miro for a Miro rant? Because Miro was not even featured on tonight's episode of AEW Dynamite. How dare you? Miro will get a promo segment on Rampage. That's not good enough. This is the network's champion. How do you not have your network's champion speak for God's sakes, AEW? What are you doing to Miro? Jose, they gave uh, Santana and Ortiz TV time to talk about them calling out the rest of the tag. He got cut off. He got okay. There we go. There we go. They, they had getting cut off. I don't know. I think you move your signals like is getting spotty. There we go. Now I'm, you're back. Yeah, I'm, okay. But they gave time to Santana and Ortiz, Jose, but they didn't give time to your and mine TNT champion. They gave time to Eddie Kingston to say more and complain about the fact that Miro low blowed him during the match while the referee was in between them, right. And Miro clearly got something about something about his his manhood and his wife, and it was great. Don't get me wrong, but still, not even a minute long. That is disrespectful. That is just straight up disrespectful to Miro. Oh man, that's. that's I, uh, listen, sad. Christopher Ryan Cooper says, "I feel you, Jose." <laughs> he says, "Dolly G one man, Firo the Miro, bro." <laughs> I'm telling you, the disrespect for Miro is real. It is. It is. It's not a conspiracy I'm coming up with. It is real. All right, man. Well, so what's your score for Dynamite this week, man? Coming off a huge historic pay-per-view this Sunday. The fallout from All Out. Did it live up to what we saw on Sunday, Rico? What's your what's your score? T- what's your score here? Man, I'm like, I'm gonna give it I'm like between a six and a half to a seven. I'm gonna give it a seven, though, just because uh just for that segment of uh, MJF and just going extra heat, going extra heel into the the cheap heat, and also hopefully you know set, just sowing the seeds uh, to the whole thing going on with the Dark Order, you know, seeing that turmoil and dismay on stage in the ring is hopefully going to lead to a little bit more, hopefully closer to a reveal of a new leader. So it, it's it's setting some things in motion. The only like some knockbacks I have to say is. All right, so it's great we're getting Brian Danielson calling out the champion, Kenny Omega, possibly for that AEW championship. 
And then we got CM Punk versus Team, Team Taz. Taz. So, yeah. Correct. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm going to agree with you. I think a seven is spot on. I mean, since we don't do quarters, I would give it a 6.75, but we don't do quarters here. Um, so I'm going to go with a seven, and I'm being generous. Uh, the only good parts of the show were the opening match minus the finish. Okay. Then we have the promo then interrupted horribly by team Taz. So like it starts off good and then it got bad. And I think the fact that Excalibur wasn't on commentary, it really hurt the episode. It really did. You had three guys on color, on color commentary, making mistakes left and right, calling the wrong moves on the matches, mixing up names, calling Brian Danielson, Chris Danielson. So it's like, like somebody needed to keep it together. I don't know what happened there. Um, if I could give it a six, seven, five, I would, but I'm gonna give it a seven and I'm being generous. Uh, but NXT wasn't that much better this week either because NXT <laughs> was full of promos, full of vignettes, one or two matches here that were pretty good. We have a debut of a matchup, uh, but NXT wasn't that much better this week, unfortunately. Uh, before we jump into that, guys, make sure you are subscribing to our YouTube channel, the Sports Kido Wrestling YouTube channel. We got tons of exclusive content over there. Make sure you are hitting the subscribe button and smashing that notification bell so that way you never ever miss when we drop a brand new videos. We got tons of new exclusive interviews and tons of exclusive uh, top five list videos. So go ahead and check those out on our YouTube channel. Follow us on Instagram and on Facebook. If you're watching us on Facebook, make sure you hit the share button, share your favorite wrestling group. Tag your friends in the comment section so they can join us in the conversation and engage with the show. Sound off in the comments. Let us know what you thought about this week's NXT and AEW. So let's go ahead and jump into NXT this week, Rico. Uh, The main point here from NXT is the bachelor party, right? Oh, man. We got to see the bachelorette (laughs) party. The bachelorette bachelorette party party. had the best. Which, by the way... (laughs) If and when I'm going to get married, we're doing all those things, bro. We're going to Desert Land over there in Orlando. We're going to do golf, you know, go-karting. We're going to do laser tag. We're going to do axe throwing like we did for your birthday. Like, we're going to do all these things, bro. Because that looked like so much fun. And did axe throwing for my birthday. That was hella fun. Dude. And we actually did a lot better than Johnny Gargano. And the we rest did. Of the guys, so. I'm surprised that they did as <laughs> horrible as they did on TV. I, I was like, hey, we did that at that same exact place. And, and it looks... It, yeah, so we've been this. So we got to experience like, hey, we've done that before. But yeah, this this whole wedding segment is carrying this whole brand all the way into this relaunch next week, uh, which I thought was fun. The women's one was okay, but it's all about the men's one. That was the most entertaining one with Odyssey Jones, uh, Drake Maverick, uh, Zombie Ref from the Dexter Loomis and freaking oh, God, uh, Zombie and, uh, Cameron Grimes. Oh, breaks character at the end of the at, at the, the end, end of the segment. He's a he's a cool guy. Uh, and then, of course, Cameron Grimes fronting the bill, not only for the bachelor party, but for the wedding because of how rich he is. And him squashing the beef formally with Dexter Loomis because, yeah, again, long-term storybooking. They had this feud. They had that the House of Horrors match, essentially. And now they're friends because he's paying for the wedding. So I thought and, this whole thing was insane. And the, the, the no-look high five, which I thought, hold on. We, oh. we gotta... By the way, uh, see, they, they did – they did that. They did that without looking. <laughs> With a little help of Odyssey Jones, getting, getting a little extra push. But 
I found this entertaining. I, this again, I want to do this for my bachelor party. So I, I already took notes on what we're gonna do. But yeah, <laughs> I'm intrigued on how this is gonna play out because the whole, you know, the whole uh, niche is a WWE wedding never goes fine. There's never. always something that happens, and they mention it more than once. So are we actually gonna get the first ever successful? WWE wedding is that going to happen next week? I don't know. I don't know, Rico. But I'm gonna tell you right now. I got the invitation from NXT. I will be in the CWC with my wife Brenda, and we are going to be dressed up and dapper for the Index wedding, sir. Nice. That's awesome. You're gonna have to let us know how that plays out, and you know, hey, maybe you'll catch the the garter. Maybe Brenda will catch the bouquet. You never know. Well, it is it is a wrestling wedding, so you know things never go right in a wrestling wedding one way or another. But I'm looking forward to it. I think that was pretty fun. But we did have some wrestling going on. We have a uh, Ky- uh, Kylie Kaylee, Kaylee Ray, Kaylee Ray going up against Ember Moon, getting a win over the former NXT Women's Champion. I thought this was a banger of a match to open up the show. Uh, I really thought that Ember Moon could have u- uh, used this win more than Kaylee Ray, um, just because. Kaylee just she came off of a really long NXT women UK women's championship uh for I don't know over almost over two years. She doesn't need to win. I understand that they're trying to build her up over here in the States, but Ember Moon needs needed that win way more than Kaylee Ray, especially now that she doesn't have Shotzi anymore, right? So yeah. at this point, what do you do with Ember Moon? And she she's teasing something. So what the change is gonna be, I'm not sure, but you know, she was interviewed backstage by Mackenzie and she told, like, you know, I I needed this. Like, this was the wake-up call. So I know what I need to do to change. So who knows what kind of new version we're going to get of Ember Moon coming out of this loss. But, you know, we'll see. Uh, Eisen Walker here saying, uh, Macho Man's wedding was successful, but not reception. I am. And I don't know what they're going to do with Ember Moon. She's one of my favorites. Uh, I think this is a complete mishandling of her. Um, unless they're going to have some type of a program with her and Kaylee that's going to culminate at TakeOver, I don't know. Unless this involves Ember turning heel, I don't know. Uh, Which, it, it, I don't know. Yeah. it's Hopefully, it'll give her a nice edge. and you Because know, it seemed like she was going to have that when she came back with the biker gimmick, and then she became you know, fr- you know know goody-goody friends with Shotzi, and now Shotzi's with Tegan over on the main roster. So hopefully they'll give her a nice edge to really, you know, give her something to sink her teeth into, kind of like with Apollo Crews. They found something that fit into his wheelhouse and he was able to run with it. Hopefully they'll find something with that too. But uh, real quick, as we're talking about NXT, so you've seen the the leaked photos, right, of what the new arena is going to look like. How are you mm-hmm. feeling about it? Because I know they're asking about it in the chat. I, How are you feeling about the new I've seating arena? Listen, I've said this uh, plenty of times on the top story and on this show. I'm keeping an open mind. I looked at the at the tease design, right? And it looks more like a bowl where we're, they're going to be able to pack in a lot more people into the CWC. Mm-hmm. And I think that the colors are actually going to bring, you know, bring some life into there. It was dark and gritty. You know, that was that brand. They're trying to do go in the complete opposite direction. So I'm just trying to keep an open mind. Um, anytime you get to watch wrestling that's live, it's always a good time. So I am going to check it out. I'm going to keep an open mind. And uh, hopefully we get to do some reports from over there uh, if they let me, right? <laughs> no, hopefully. If not, we'll have you as the first member of Sports Keto Wrestling and the Recon Club to be on NXT's versus 100. Because that's what it's starting to look like, the game show 
Uh, with all the seats, with all the hundred people there, that's looks. Well, we got we got uh, Victor, Victor Nash in the in the Facebook saying, "Jose, you're gonna have to have your rainbow colors on, like the new NXT logo." Listen, if I can find myself a new NXT logo shirt while I'm over there, I will definitely buy one just to show some support, just to keep it alive, just to keep it alive. Yeah, have you seen that new? Have you seen that new meme of the death of NXT? Yes, oh, the one man. with the Terminator and Judgment Day. It's so sad. It's it's so sad. It's sad, but we're keeping an open mind, Jose. I'm, I'm keeping an open, an open mind. mind. I'm keeping an open mind. And someone, and that's all I ask you guys to do. Just keep yeah. an open mind. mind. You know, don't let the colors, you know, stir you away. What if it's better? What? I, that's all I'm gonna say. What you if can it's look better? back at this and be laughing like, man, remember when we thought it was gonna be weird? What if it's better? Oh, it could be the best thing that NXT's ever done. You never know. Probably won't. <laughs> but you never know. <laughs> Well, one thing that NXT's got going for them is some solid talent, and we do have the winner of this year's breakout tournament, Carmelo Hayes, going up against a former NXT Cruiserweight champion in Santos Escobar. Oh, that was and, a hell of a match. Man, Electra Lopez, though, our girl, Carissa Rivera, body slamming the hell out of Carmelo Hayes on the outside. She, and looking she got, brawling she got, afterwards. She, oh. look, uh, she looking <laughs> jacked, man. I don't know what Electra man. Lopez has been doing, but, man, she looks jacked. She looked amazing. That is the best addition Legato del Fantasma has ever done is adding that woman to that faction, man. I think that's great. Uh, Santos needed that win. Carmelo already has got a guaranteed title shot. Uh, this is totally fine. I'm totally okay with it. And even later on, we got Hit Row uh, having a backstage video calling out Santos Escobar, which I thought was, again, it's what they do. They drop some good promos calling out you know, uh, their opponents, but also adding, adding that hip-hop flair, especially with Top Dollar. Uh, and you know, BFAB looks like we're gonna get her a little bit more involved now that we have Electra Lopez in this system, too. So I'm excited to see how this next chapter in this feud between Hit Row and La Familia, aka Legado de Fantasma. So I'm I love how uh, Wade Barrett says, La Familia, La Familia, you don't mess with Familia. <laughs> love it. Good job, Wade. <laughs> Well, it uh, looks like the uh, situation around the NXT Championship is starting to – we're starting to get an idea where it's going. We are going to have a number one contender's fatal four-way match. It's going to be Tommaso Ciampa, Kyle O'Reilly, L.A. Knight, and Pete Dunne. Who do you have in this one? Who do you think goes over? Who's going to be Samoa Joe's uh, hardest challenge to date oh, out of these four guys? It's going to be Peter Dunne. Uh, as much as I like uh, LA Knight's little video uh, promo with him driving down Orange Avenue, because I saw him when he was passing down Wall Street and all the spots that I used to go to all the time. Uh, as great as he is, as great as Kyle's little video package that he had, his little uh, vignette, Champa's promo is also, also gonna, uh, always going to be amazing. I feel like it's Pete Dunn, especially after what happened at the end of the night. And I guess we could just talk about it now. Uh, mm -hmm. Because we had the NXT uh, Tag Team Championships with your favorite tag team of all time, MSK, uh, defending their tag team titles against the former the former champions who they beat for those titles in the ones and twos, Danny Birch and Oni Lorcan. And looks like the kings of NXT are no more, at least in the way that we knew them, because Rich Holland and Pete Dunne just destroyed the former tag team champions. And that's why it feels like, you know, they're setting up something with Rich Holland, you know, against Tommaso Ciampa. Possibly Pete Dunn with Samoa Joe. I, I I just really want to see Pete Dunn versus Samoa Joe for a title. Uh, I, I think, think all these guys would be great. Mm -hmm. I think you know against Kyle would be great against Tommaso Champa, especially that'd be my next favorite. 
after uh, Pete Dunn, but I want to see that Pete Dunn versus Samoa Joe match first, personally. Uh, we did get to see a return uh, on uh... – not not a return. Sorry about that. I, I saw Drake Maverick here, and I remember that he oh, showed the, up. On, he showed up on uh, on Monday party. Night Raw, but oh, he was yeah, also he at did. the bachelor party. That's right. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> but 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 yeah, we got to see that. Um, we are gonna have next week a women's championship match. Robert Stone was able to book a match yeah. with Frankie Monet going up against Raquel Gonzalez for the NXT Women's Championship. That's gonna be and the new revamp version of the cwc next tuesday that is a match i am going to be looking forward to i almost kind of hope i think frankie that she wins that frankie wins i hope she does we need a heel champion both champions are baby faces right now we need a heel champion and i think frankie can do it i really do and the and so so we'll see what happens next week we also oh we did get to see the debut of one Mei Ying from Tian Sha, were you impressed? I mean, we didn't see much. Like we saw her, like you know, take a, a jawbreaker and then get up and then just you know kick the poor girl and then just take her out. So I, I'm intrigued to see them keep building on this. Like we still don't have Xia Li. We still have Boa there, but you know, I'm ex- intrigued to see when she actually has some competition because now that they don't have Mercedes Martinez, they don't have that like hard-hitting mid-carder for the women's side mm-hmm, to, like, mm-hmm. be that level against. If she's going to basically go through all the jobbers and then eventually get to somebody powerful. But until then, I'm still, you know, I'll keep an eye on Mei but we'll, we'll continue to see how she develops. Yeah, so overall, man, NXT was well, not a strong episode. Yeah, but also, though, we got to show – we got to shout out our friend, though, our friend Chico Adams, a.k.a. Frankie Viola. Going there, uh, going up against the newest members of the Diamond Mine and Brutus and Julius Creed, which, uh, yeah, looks like they're uh, the new AOP essentially because they did the Super Collider essentially. Uh, with the instead of power bombs, they had them in like uh, just a scoop slam and they just collided into each other. So I guess they're kind of going for that kind of uh, dynamic between Brutus. Can't and believe Julius. they changed Chico's name to Chucky Viola. What kind of name is that? Chucky Come on, Viola. Come on, NXT. Come That's on. A boy. That's a boy, and it was it was great to see him there. So I'm, I was excited to see him there, but that wasn't enough to really give me too much more uh, credence over, you know, for NXT over uh, AEW because, uh, yeah, it's a uh, it, it's feeling again. It's a holding pattern until next week, which we have the wedding, which you're going to be in attendance. So you know, please give my best to uh, Indy Hartwell and uh, Dexter Lewis. Oh, I will make sure that that you send them uh, the warmest of hugs and. And blessings to their uh, to their marriage. I'll, I'll make sure to uh, pass along that message. Uh, Christopher uh, Ryan Cooper, CRC, saying L.A. Night. But yes, I think Pete Dunn versus Joe should be great. Yes, yeah. I agree with that. And he's on Walker yeah. saying, "Yeah, Holland will probably cause Champa, and then uh, Champa will get pinned by Dunn uh, to set that up too." So, I mean, again, I'm not mad at either way this plays out, but I just would rather see Pete Dunn versus Samojo first. Well, Rico, it's time uh, for score time for NXT for this week's NXT. Since you went first for Dynamite, I'll go first for NXT. I think NXT was a seven, seven, uh, solid seven, mainly because the show was filled with a lot of vignettes, a lot of uh, promos, not a whole lot of uh, matchup or storylines coming to fruition. The major one being Index with the wedding coming next week. 
Uh, overall, the matches were pretty good. But again, you know, nothing to be late to jump up for joy for. You know, it wasn't like one of the best episodes of NXT ever. It wasn't. Uh, but it was entertaining. I'm going to have to agree with Christopher Ryan Cooper in the chat. I'm going to give it a six. Uh, I think ha- uh, to give it a seven, it would have been if our girls won those NXT Women's Tag Team Championships. But the TikTok Tag Team, even though they were uh, flip-flopping over there during Indy Hartwell's Bachelorette Party, unfortunately, they were not able to get the win over Zoe Stark and Io Shirai, who continued to really try to find their own niche as a tag team. Uh, still working through those growing pains. So I'm going to give it a six, man. I, I think they set up some good stuff. Like they set up, like you said, Frankie Monet versus Raquel Gonzalez, setting up the Fatal 4-Way. So if we had those matches, oh, it'd be much higher. But because we're just, again, like you said, it was a lot of videos. It was a lot of backstage interviews. You know, we really just got to see Amber versus uh, KLR. We got to see the Creed brothers. I mean, we got uh, Carmelo Hayes versus uh, Santos was a pretty good match, but you know, I know you're not sold on MSK, so I'm surprised that you gave it a little bit of a higher score, even though uh, they did wind up winning. Uh, I just again, like, yeah. again, the, the I think the Bachelor and Bachelorette party like segments, bachelor. those, <laughs> are, those, are, those, are, those are like the one things that really just kind of captivated me because it really has been the only interesting thing on the storyline for these last three weeks. So, and Victor Nash here, same thing, seven. He says, he says too many promos. It was just so many promos. Um Eisen Walker, 7.5, because Triple H situation might have changed the show. That's true. As you guys know, we had a st- uh, breaking news earlier in the day here on Sports Kid Wrestling that Triple H uh, was having some heart issues. He had a cardiac event related to some genetic issues uh, relating to his heart. So um, he had, did have surgery. He is at home recovering, um, and we wish him a full and speedy recovery. Uh, but, yeah, that was a big piece of news earlier today, Rico. What, what's your take on that before we uh, sign off for the night? It, it's just scary, man. It just goes to show you that, you know, it anything can happen at any time. So make sure you always tell your loved ones you love them. Tell your, you know, your friends. Make it as, as awkward as you can. I tell you I love you all the time, Jose, because I tell you all the time that I can. All the time. So, you know, make sure you guys do that. Make sure you tell the people that you love that you love them because you could never know. Like, especially an athlete, the level of one Paul Levesque. Like, even though he might not be in ring shape now, you know he still works out. He's still in good shape. And even that, he can still, you know, have his own situations, especially genetically. Mm-hmm. So, you know, don't take life for granted. Tell the people that you love that you love them, and, you know, just don't take life for granted. Absolutely. Anthony Manzano, Jose with WWE, uh, signing Gable Stevenson. Do you think the pair him up with his brother and then having partner up with Bronson Steiner and Parker Bordreau? Oh Man, God. you're asking for an unstoppable trio oh there. God. That's just not fair. If you <laughs> if you put all those guys, um, like nobody will literally be able to stop. Not even Diamond Mike can stop these guys if they, if if you put them all together. But interesting fact about Gable, I know I, I did hear that Gable um, silently signed with WWE. I'm not entirely hundred percent sure how true that is. Uh, but do you think with someone in the caliber of Gable Stevenson? Do you put him in NXT or do you just build him up and put him on the main roster? He is an Olympic gold medalist. Yeah, but there's a big difference. You know, not everybody's one Kurt Angle. And I know that's what you're hoping for, but I'd rather take it, you know, the safe than sorry route. Bring him to NXT because he's got to get his feet under him first uh, before you actually put him on the big show. Because if you put him on Raw or SmackDown when he's not ready, it's going to be blatantly obvious. The same way we saw with uh, 
Braun Strowman when he was the black mm-hmm. sheep and he looked mm-hmm. green as hell. And mm-hmm. it took a lot of time to finally get him to the point where he was ready to be by, by himself. And he doesn't have a, a, a stable to hide behind. So it's just Gable Stevenson by himself. So I would put mm-hmm. him on NXT, let him get his feet wet, you know, get get a solid base, have him work with Kurt Angle, or at least, you know, Jason Jordan. Uh, you know, even if he is, you know, Jordan is um, a producer for Raw, still have him work with more guys that are like, you know, actual wrestlers like Chad Gable. Like have him work with those mm-hmm. guys to really solidify uh, what he can do in the ring like a Kurt Angle. And you can build that up. You can make it happen. But don't push him too far too quickly. Let it – let him learn first. The, the, don't don't put him out there too soon. You got enough people already. <laughs> Just give him some time. Especially uh, when Victor you got guys... – Nash. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was going to say, yeah, bring it up. Yeah, Victor Nash here, a question on Facebook saying, uh, do you guys think Kevin Owens will be all elite come January? I don't know. Uh, so a story broke a little bit earlier. Late last night, early this morning – uh, where Kevin Owens' contract had been renegotiated due to the COVID uh, pandemic, and instead of expiring in 2023, it's going to be expiring in January of 2022. Um, then late last night, uh, last night around 8, 8.30-ish, right around there, Kevin Owens puts up a tweet with the coordinates of Mount Rushmore, and Wrestling Twitter really got a hold of that. He deleted the tweet, that everybody was really like, okay, is this going to be a reunion with, the Young Bucks, Adam Cole, Kevin Owens. Who knows? I don't know, man. Uh, Kevin Owens, one thing I can tell you about Kevin Owens, he seems to be a company man. He seems to be, kind of be utilized wherever he needs to be utilized. Um, I would like to see him have a run with the WWE title because that's the only title he hasn't won. He's won the United States. He's won the Intercontinental. He still hasn't won a tag championship one. Uh, so he still needs to win a tag and he still needs to win the world title before he can go. That's just me, right? That's just me in a perfect world. You yeah. know, put him up with uh, put him up with Sami Zayn or something like that, or or, or something, and have him have a, a short title run with the tag, and then have a short title run with the WWE title, and then when your contract's up, then if you want to go to AEW, fine. I don't want to see him go to AEW. I want to see him stay in WWE because. I think he's amazing, and I think he's completely being underutilized when he could have been utilized. I think his program with Roman was one of the best programs he's had, but I want to see a heel Kevin Owens again. I want to see that badass prize fighter Kevin Owens one more time. More than likely, we could probably get that at AEW, but I want to see because when he was that persona in WWE, that guy was unstoppable. When he came off you know, having the NXT Championship, defeating John Cena clean, stepping on that U.S. title. Like, he looked unstoppable. He looked like that next guy that's going to be able to run it. And they had every opportunity to do so. So I think, honestly, if he doesn't change brands, well, if if, if they don't do something with him during the draft, if he does not have a world title before January, I think he walks. Because just like you said, Jose, he's been so underutilized and he's the most incredibly talented guy that they have because he's the next Samoa Joe. He can wrestle. He can commentate if he's if his heart's behind it, because the first night when Pat McAfee wasn't there, his heart wasn't in there because he would rather do anything else or be anywhere else other than behind that commentator table. And you can mm-hmm. tell when he was talking. So he could do anything that they ask him to do. But if they're not asking him to do anything then what's the point of him being there? It's going to be like the same thing with some of the other guys that, you know, they haven't had anything to do with him. Talent, like Andrade, they weren't doing anything with him creatively. So why waste your time there when 
his passion is to perform in front of the people. And he can tell so many other good stories if he jumps over because then you can have this whole feud between, you know, this inner turmoil with the Young Bucks. Do they stay with the elite? Do they go and start the Mount, you know, go back to the Mount Rushmore wrestling? Like, there's so many interesting things and a lot of great matches that we can have. We can have Kevin Owens versus Kenny Omega. We can have Kevin Owens, you know, uh, versus Lance Archer and this version of John Moxley. Like, there's so many dream matches you can have. And even Kevin Owens going to Japan at this point. Like, have Kevin Owens going against, you know, uh, uh, Kazushika Kata or something. Or, or, uh, or Suzuki. Or Suzuki. Like, you can have those kind of options if he goes over. So, I honestly think if they don't put – if they don't give him a big push from here until January, I think this was that one, like, little, hey, you just let Adam Cole go. You just let Daniel Bryan go. You know what I can give you if you guys give me the opportunity, but if you're not mm-hmm. going to do anything with me, why should I waste my time? So exactly. I think if they don't give him the big push, something that he can really sink his teeth into, whether it's a tag team title run with Sami Zayn or even like Keith Lee or have him a singles push to go up against, you know, Bobby Lashley or, you know, if Biggie takes the title from him and him against Biggie, if you don't do something with him meaningful, I think he walks. Yeah, sad to say. Sad, uh, sad to hear. Uh, I don't want to see him walk, but you know what? He's got to do what's going to be best for his family. Um, and I'm sure I'm sure he'll find what's going to be best for him. But I don't want to I really don't want to see him go. But you're probably right about that. Well, guys, uh, that is it for tonight's show. I want to thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight here for the debrief. Uh, make sure you follow us on all of our social media. You can follow me at Jose G Official with the underscores in between. You can follow Rico at Rico El Glorioso on Instagram, Twitter, and wherever you can get social media, right? Uh, make sure you, <clears throat> excuse me, make sure you also subscribe to the YouTube channel, to our Sports Kita Wrestling YouTube channel, where you can find tons of exclusive content right over there. Uh, we got tons of videos dropping daily. So make sure you set your notifications on, smash that notifications bell so you never, ever miss when we post a brand new video. Same thing if you're watching us on Facebook. Make sure you hit that like button, set your notifications to see first so you never, ever miss when we drop breaking news, new videos every single day. If you prefer to listen to us on the podcast form, make sure you watch, uh, you listen to us on the podcast. You can find us on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, wherever. We just broke the top 100 in the U.S. Rico, we are just a few spots below WWE's The Bump. We're competing with The Bump in the top 100 U.S. podcast right now. And that is thanks to you guys. We want to thank you so much for that. Keep on subscribing. Leave us a five-star review on our podcast, guys. Uh, So that is it for tonight. Thank you so much for Rico El Glorioso. I'm Jose G. And remember, when you're watching wrestling, Rico, finish it up. Enjoy it. Enjoy wrestling. Yeah.